Hey, my name is Ryan McVitie, and I am the pastor of the River Worship. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast. If you haven't heard about the river yet, it's an amazing move of God happening in the greater Toronto area. Yes, Toronto, Canada. It's a cold place, but we have warm hearts, and we love coming together every Tuesday night and worshiping the Lord with all we've got. We also get to dive into the Word, and that's where we're going to go right now. We're going to dive into the Word of God, and I trust and pray that it will impact you in a powerful way. If you're ever in the Toronto area, come visit us. We would love for you to worship with us together. But enjoy the message, and God bless you. Welcome, Not to an American, not from someone from some other place, but a homegrown Toronto pastor, Pastor Andrew Beresford. Give it up. Come on. Come on, while you're clapping, can you put those hands together for Jesus in this place on tonight? Come on, the one that woke you up this morning, started you on your way. Come on, if you're glad to be alive, and if you're glad that despite the changing situation, that your God is sitting in the same place he was yesterday, and guess what? He's going to be sitting there tomorrow on the throne. Somebody that knows that God's in control for the next 30 seconds. Let them hear you all the way in Brampton. Come on. One, two, three. Come on. We give the Lord the praise. What a joy. What an honor it is to be with you tonight, River Fam. Uh, This is just such an incredible move of God. I want you to understand before you take your seat. I want you to note and understand that what is happening here is unprecedented. It is something that is unique and is special. Um, And I believe, as we're seeing here, that it is a part of what God is using to ignite uh, one of the greatest moves that we have seen in our nation. Uh, And so if you will, can you just take a moment? I just want to celebrate the visionaries of this move. Uh, Honor is very important. And, you know, we don't worship people, but we honor their yes. And so two of the greatest leaders that we have in this nation, uh, we are so honored to be able to be in the house today. While you're standing, can you clap your hands and celebrate Pastor Ryan and Pastor Lindsay? Come on, can we make some noise? We honor you. We honor you. God bless you. Pastor Ryan, you know, noted uh, my wife, and I'm telling you, she's the the jelly to my peanut butter. Yo, fam, she is so hot. Every day I look at her, I'm like, how on earth did I get her? And so she is so amazing. My wife, Pastor Chantal, and my kids. uh, I'm I'm doing it again because they deserve extra emphasis, amen? And so my daughter, Claire, and Noah, and also Gabriel, a.k.a. Lit Man, we call her. Uh, And listen, man, I know every pastor says this, but listen, uh, I want you to know I have the greatest church family on planet Earth. Serve City Church. Pick up yourself. We are in Morningside Movie Theater Sunday mornings at 9.45 a.m. God has blown our minds just this year alone. Uh, we've seen so many people make decisions for Christ, and it's a wonderful thing. If you will, go ahead and be seated. Uh, glory to God. And we're going to jump into the Word just for the next little while. Uh, did you come ready for the Word today? Yeah. 
let's go before the Lord in prayer just for a moment, and then I'm going to jump right in. God, I'm just so very grateful for the opportunity to preach your word on tonight. Lord, I pray that even as your word is shared, Lord God, that lives would be impacted and changed for your glory. Lord God, that the move that has already been taking place here in this room uh, would be sustained beyond tonight, that we would take it into our everyday experience. We thank you and we give you the honor in Jesus' name. Let everybody say amen. amen. Look at your neighbor, if you will. Uh, just get the party started right. Tell them neighbor. neighbor. Oh, neighbor. Oh, neighbor. Tell them stay awake. It's time for us to get knee deep. Come on. That was the wrong neighbor. Look at your next neighbor. Give him a high five. Tell him, neighbor. I'm glad you came tonight. Come on, tell him it's time to get knee deep at the river. Come on, tell him. Yeah, I want to share around this idea tonight. Follow me, shameless plug, at G. Andrew Beresford on IG. I would love to be your friend. Glory to God. Listen, uh, I will never forget, you know, one of the craziest moments that I had, have ever experienced um, in my life. My family and I, uh, we were uh, on Mackinac Island, hanging out in Michigan, and, you know, we're spending time together there with some really close friends of ours, and it was an amazing experience, you know, some family friends that we really, really um, love and are near and dear to us. Uh, and we went to this restaurant, never forget the moment, got in there, and uh, we got, I got fish and chips. Anybody like seafood lovers in the house? Okay, yeah. Uh, and they actually issued a challenge, right? And they were like, there's this, you know, fish and chips. The fish is so big that, you know, average people don't finish it or whatever. And I'm like, well, you didn't realize that I'm a sweeter man. Yeah. <laughs> so that's Scarborough for you right there. And so I said, listen, man, I am going to deal with this thing's case, right? And so I sat there, and I got this fish and chips, and I'm eating, I'm enjoying myself. Um, I'm taking up the challenge, and I'm like, I am going to, I'm going to finish this. Um, and I could not wait, you know, to be able to tell them that I did it. Um, two twos, before I could realize what had happened. Listen, let me just, let's just get this out of the way. I'm from Scarborough. I lived in the States, I went into the States for 14 years, and I still didn't lose the Scarborough. <laughs> uh, but anyway, before I could know it, in other words, um, out of the blue, my phone rings while I'm in the middle of enjoying this fish and chips. And I'll never forget in that moment, um, it's the doctor on the phone. And the doctor comes on the phone, the doctor says, hey sir, are you, um, are you Andrew Barris? I'm like, yes, I'm Andrew Barris. He goes, hey man. Um, I just want to let you know your dad um, has been rushed to the hospital um, and we found a massive mass in his um, colon and, you know, you are the eldest uh, that we can connect with and so you need to make a decision. At this moment, we need to go in and we need to do surgery. We want to know, do you want us to remove this tumor? Because if, if you remove the tumor, these complications are going to take place. And so um, what we can do is we can disconnect his, um, his intestines and connect them, reconnect them if you don't. And suddenly, out of nowhere, in a moment, going from enjoying some fish and chips, my whole world came crashing down. Anybody other than me ever been in a situation where you were just enjoying yourself and out of the blue, something crazy just popped up? Something you didn't plan for, something you didn't expect, something you didn't 
You didn't know what was going to happen. And this was one of those moments for me which was extremely devastating. I didn't know what to do. And in, the, in that moment, I was trying to hold it together. My dad came on the phone. Mind you, this is my dad uh, who just finished preaching four back-to-back -back revivals. He's in Africa. He's traveling all over. He's doing all sorts of things. Not one indication of him being ill, one of those scenarios. And out of the blue, it pops, he pops up. And, you know, and this situation happens. Now, the crazy thing about it, the crazy thing about it um, in that moment is that as soon as the phone hangs up, I absolutely lost it. I couldn't believe my dad is my hero. You know, I couldn't imagine losing him. And I know that at some point he was going to, you know, he was going to transition, but not like this. And everybody other than me ever had a not like this in your situation. So, man, I was there, and it was difficult, and the doctor makes this clear. I remember my leader, my bishop, called me, or I called him, rather, and I'm like, Bishop, this is insane. I am here. This is going on. And he asked me, he said, this is how discombobulated I was in the moment. He goes, he goes Andrew, where are you? And I literally could only say, I don't know. I didn't know where I was. I could not locate where I was. I was completely gone in that moment and devastated by what had transpired. Needless to say, um, we ended up, because of where we were, we had to take a ferry back. And then we had to drive eight hours to be able to get back home to Toronto, to be able to land by my, uh, by my dad and to be able to see what was going on. The situation in two seconds just turned for the worse. To make matters worse, you know, we were in the middle of the COVID season, middle of the pandemic, and barely any of us could be in the room to be there with him, to comfort him. And I stood there next to my dad. The doctor said, after they had done the surgery, and the surgery was successful, but then it went back again. And it got even worse the second time. We rushed him back to the hospital. And then, after this all transpired, standing by the hospital bed with him, and the doctor said, I want you to go in and, you know, we were making him comfortable. This is not going to go the way that uh, we would like for it to go. And my dad looked at us and he said, son, and he said to my mom, who was weeping in the corner, says, we're going to, he says, I'm going to see you in heaven. And I'll tell you what. That was one of the most devastating moments. Yes, I'd want to see him in heaven, but I did not want you to go like this. The doctor said it was over, and, they, and he said his goodbye. I had my sister who lives in the U.S. Virgin Islands and my brother on the phone, and he told them the same goodbye. And we are there lamenting, weeping, as my dad is getting ready to, trans to transition. But God. I'm about to cut up and run around this stage. Before we could even know what took place, to the astonishment of the doctors, to the astonishment of our family, out of the blue, the same doctors that said it was over turned around and said, we don't know what's happening. Your dad is starting to get back to where he was, and the situation literally turned around, and what was declared as a death sentence ended up being a great platform for a miraculous testimony.
My dad, I won't show the picture because my dad's from the West Indies. If you show him in those places, they'll get really upset. But the picture, pop it up again, please. This is a picture of my dad that we just took a few months ago after not only did he get up out that hospital bed when he was skin and bones, but he gained weight, come on somebody, and just at 88 years old, passed his driving exam again. I love that we serve a God that when he does stuff, watch, he don't just do it, but I love that he will show up and he'll show out. Come on somebody. And so I celebrate the fact that this has taken place in his life. And you know, the thing that was extremely notable to me uh, along this journey that blew my mind uh, while it was that I was going through this, I remember when I came uh, to my church family, and there was a night when I was so devastated. As a pastor, you're always praying for people. But how many of you know that pastors need prayer too? And there was this night when I'll never forget I was in my bed. In that moment, I was feeling devastated while I was going through. God, how am I going to make it through? And I sensed the Holy Spirit tell me, I felt a peace that came over me that I cannot explain. And the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart, this is the prayers of the church that are covering you in this moment. Next day, I went to church. That was Saturday night. And I'll never forget. I don't know uh, if she is here, but I'll never forget a lady named Phaedra in our church. Phaedra came to me and she said, Pastor, I was praying for your dad like it was my dad. And that moment, that broke me down to tears because I thought and said, I'm always praying for people. But how powerful it is for somebody in a moment where I am feeling devastation they would say that they were praying for me just like they would pray for their parent. Are you with me? And so there is power. In fact, you know, we just skirted over that. Can we give the Lord praise for his miraculous working power? I know everybody's story doesn't end up like that, but I'm grateful that God is able. With this in mind, uh, turn with me to Acts chapter 12. What book did I say? We're going to Acts chapter 12. And I love the story that we see here about Peter. This is very, very powerful. Uh, and I believe that it goes so well with my experience. And I believe that even as we are moving into a season as a nation uh, of revival, how many of you know that revival is often preceded by prayer? The greatest moves that transpire uh, throughout the nations of the world are undergirded at the substratum or at the base of these movements are prayer. Somebody say prayer. prayer. And so Acts chapter 12, I love this. If you will, uh, track this story with me. About the time uh, Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church, he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. Listen, this one's for free. you got to be careful with people who are friends with your enemies. But moving along, that was for free. This was during the days of unleavened bread. And when he had seized him, he put him in prison. Somebody put, say, put him in prison. Delivering him over to four squads 
of soldiers to guard him. So here we find that Peter is put in prison uh, because it pleases, uh, it pleases his enemies. And more than likely, he is put in prison, uh, and shortly thereafter, he would be released with the intent of being uh, killed just like, just like his Savior. And they put him in there. Peter is somebody that God uses in a mighty way. He was the one in Acts chapter 2 that the Lord used uh, after being restored to preach the gospel, and 3,000 people get saved. It's an amazing thing. And so now, now, as he's in this position, we find that during this time, he is put in prison between four squads. Somebody say four squads. And these four squads are known as quaternions. In other words, they are 16 soldiers. Not only do they put him in prison, but they put him between 16 soldiers. What type of person is this? that they couldn't just put him in prison, but they had to, do you see him? That they had to, to put him and surround him by 16 soldiers. This must have been someone who had a significant call on his life, and consequently, this is why it transpired. Can I tell you, there are a lot of you that have certain things that have popped up in your life, and have you ever been in a situation like me where you feel like you are surrounded by a quaternion or by 16 soldiers where the thing that you are up against feels like it has you trapped in, has you bound, has you, it's like the devil has sent extra reinforcements. And there are many of you that don't understand why. And the fact of the matter is, it's because of the call of God on your life. I know that there are many of you that don't see it on yourself. But the fact of the matter is uh, that God often uses people the most who look at themselves the least. The people, you are the person, the unexpected one. Come on, somebody. Come on, David. You're the one that people would not look at and say, this is the guy, or this is the gal, or this is the one. I am here to tell you that God often will use the people that are the most unexpected to do the most mighty things. And some of you, Satan... Uh, Satan sends reinforcements because he believes in you and what God wants to do for you more than you believe in yourself. Can I tell you, watch this, uh, can I tell you that the level of your prison is often in proportion to the level of your purpose? Pick it, pick it. Let me give it to you again. The level of your prison is often in proportion to the level of your purpose. You don't realize you thought that sickness was just because God hated you or God allowed this thing to happen uh, because you're somebody, as we would say in Scarborough, you're a waste you. Uh, but the fact of the matter is uh, that God has called you and has put a purpose on your life. And in Matthew 28 verse 19, when he said, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, he was speaking to you. Somebody say, he's speaking to me, he's speaking to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and, and all of the weirdness that you think that you have. You and the uniqueness and the quirkiness and the things that you look in the mirror and you say, God couldn't call me or use me. God often calls and uses us uh, even in the places that you think are weird or whack or out of order. He does amazing things with people who often miss it and miss their call, uh, the call on their life. Are you with me? 
And so watch, I want you to note this. Here Peter is in the prison. But then look, verse 5, this is where it pops off. So Peter was kept in the prison. But, somebody say but. I like, no, a but's in the Bible. But, somebody shout but. But earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. So Peter is in a situation where he is bound, where he is between 16 soldiers. He is locked in this jail cell situation. And the fact of the matter is that instead of the church talking about him, instead of the church mocking him, instead of the church talking about, oh, well, I see, child, I knew he was off. It was just a matter of time before they locked him up. Bible says, but the church was praying on his behalf. What good would come from us praying for people more than we gossip about them? What if when somebody got locked up, we stopped asking questions and got knee deep? Come on, somebody. And drop to our knees and say, God, I don't truly un and fully understand the situation. But I know that you are able to deliver. Can I give you, uh, can I give you point number one? Here it is for you. Uh, 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 the squad that prays is a squad that slays. In fact, that's good enough to preach to your neighbor. Tell them, neighbor. neighbor. Oh, neighbor. neighbor. The squad that prays is a squad that slays. You know, the squad that prays is a squad that slay. The squad that prays is a squad that slay. Hey, the squad that prays is a squad that The squad that prays is a... Let me hear you. Come on. Say, the squad that prays is a squad that slay. Hey, the squad that prays is a... Say, the squad that... In the back. Come on. Hey, the squad that prays is a... Somebody make some noise. Listen. Peter is in prison, uh, but he has a squad that's not gossiping about him. He has a squad that is praying for him. I'm telling you, in this season, you got to surround yourself with folks that you know that even when times are difficult and challenging, that they are going to have your back in prayer. Come on, somebody. We are surrounded many times by too many people who are in our face smiling in our face but stabbing us in our back. And you got to get to the place where you be intentional about who it is that you are surrounding yourself with. We find him having a squad that's praying for him. It's in the text. Earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. What if the church was a place where people prayed for you and didn't pray on you? What if the church was a place where people could come in and feel comfortable and feel safe instead of to the place where they are feeling, uh, where they're feeling insecure because of, of, the, of the environment that we set? But I'm going, I'm moving, because here we find that they're praying on his behalf. Now watch verse 6. Are you still with me? Acts chapter 12, now it says, when, now when Herod was about to bring him out. Ah. So he's there, he's between these 16 soldiers, he's in the position where people are looking and they're saying, man, you have been in here for a while 
And literally, right at the moment that Herod is about to bring him out, to do what? More than likely to kill him right at this moment when he was about to bring him out. I don't know who I'm talking to tonight, but you didn't realize that you are on the cusp. When you often think that it is over, that's when God is often about to turn things around for your good and for his glory. Can I come and talk to somebody today? Uh, you showed up on a night where there is expectation and we are pulling on a God who is capable of turning things around when the doctor said no. And I showed up to testify to you today about my dad to let you know that he's a God that is able. But right when he's about to bring him out on that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains. And sentries before the door were guarding the prison. How is Peter? Make it make sense now. He's in a prison between guards, chained. There's guards at the door. Are y'all seeing it? And there's, and he's sleeping. How on earth? I don't know about you, fam. I would have been in there like, oh, man, oh, my gosh. I would have been biting my nails. If it, anybody going to be real other than me? Trying to figure out, how am I going to get out? What do I do? What do I have to, how do I have to pay off? How do I, he is there. He is sleep. He is sleeping. Can I tell you this? Can I suggest that just like with me, like I shared with you when I was in my bed in that moment and I was racking with turmoil in that moment and the Holy Spirit showed me that the church family was covering and praying for me and I had peace in that moment. Can I tell you? Prayer can give you peace that contradicts your circumstances. Prayer can give you peace that contradicts your circumstances. Oh, I want to tell you today uh, that there are people who are looking at you and they are wondering how on earth is it that you are making it with what you're going through? How are you walking in peace? Come on, instead of walking in pieces. And you're able to tell them because it's uh, because of the God that I serve and the people and the saints of God that have my back in prayer. There is power in prayer. Prayer gives us peace. This is why the church should pray. This is why we've got to get knee deep because prayer, prayer gives us peace. I hear Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 and 7 says, do not be anxious about anything. Any Bible readers in here? But in everything by prayer and supplication, which is earnest prayer, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which passes all understanding. In other words, it's stupid peace. It don't even make no sense. He says that type of peace, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Instead of being anxious about your loved ones, I dare you to pray about, pray about them. I know that they've been strung out on drugs for a long time, uh, but I believe that late in the midnight hour, that God can turn some stuff around and cause peace in their lives beyond what you can imagine. That is not a reflection of their circumstances. So here in this moment, we 
Peter has peace. He's asleep. He's asleep in the prison, even though he's in this place of difficulty. And then in verse 7, we're just going through the text. The Bible says, and behold, an angel. Someone say an angel. angel. Angels are messengers of God. They come with a message from the Lord. And here we find that an angel, an angel, one more time say an angel. Angel, angel of the Lord stood next to him and the light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side. Somebody say he hit him. And woke him up. Get up, Peter. Saying, get up quickly. And the chains fell off his hands. So Pete, 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 Peter is sleeping. And in this moment, we find that an angel shows up. And the angel doesn't come in like, oh. Peter, wake up, Peter. The angel shows up with a a message, and the Bible says he struck him. <sighs> Don't sound too heavenly and angelic, does it? He strikes him uh, in this moment, uh, and as it was, and then he gives him instruction and tells him to get up quickly, uh, because some of us, you have been too complacent, and you've been resting longer than you're supposed to. And can I tell you this? Sometimes liberation is preceded by correction. Here he is hit, and then he gets a message. And there are many of you, you miss, you miss your liberation or your freedom from what you're going through because you didn't realize that the way that God was going to communicate what you need to be able to get out of what you're in sometimes comes in the form of a rebuke. Oh, are you hearing me? Sometimes it comes in the form of correction. There are many of you, the reason why you can't get out is because you won't give up and lay aside what God is telling you to lay aside. Sometimes, watch, in order for Peter to have gotten out of the prison, he had to get up from his place of comfort and walk out of the door. There are many of you that God wants freedom for your family, for your loved ones, for your life, but there is correction that he has given to you, and the fact of the matter is that you and I, until we follow and obey that which he has told us to do, we are not going to get what it is that he is promising us. Are you with me? Yeah. Verse 8, watch. And the angel said to him, dress yourself, on your sandals. Watch. And he did so. And he said to him, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. Someone say, follow me. Right. Here, the angel gives him literal miracle instructions. First of all, he's telling him to do stuff that he could not have done unless he was freed miraculously from these chains. And he follows the instructions in this moment. So he gets instruction from this angel when it is that the church is praying. Can I tell you this? Corporate prayer releases answers for breakthrough. While the church is praying, Peter receives revelation. Everybody say that with me. While the church is praying, Peter receives revelation. A 
here to tell you that there is power when the church prays. When we get together and pray and seek God in times of difficulty, when we seek God uh, for our young people, when we see them bound, I'm here to tell you that even if you and I cannot dream up and think of the strategies by ourselves, that when we go to God as a body, God releases miraculous information. Here we find that while the church is praying, that this is wow, when Peter gets the information and revelation for breakthrough. I'm telling you, man, your deliverance is often attached to your prayer life. And I'm here to tell you there are many of you, you have been seeking, you have been trying to figure it out yourself and trying to work it out yourself when the Bible says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, to trust in the Lord, come on, with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding in all of your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path when it is that we seek ourselves and try to figure it out ourselves this is often when we end up in a tailspin but here we find that when the church is praying that God releases answers for breakthrough I love in Daniel chapter 2 what book did I say in Daniel chapter 2 we find that Daniel and his friends are in a crazy the king, the king says, listen, man, uh, I know y'all be playing games. And so he said, this is what I want. I want somebody to interpret my dream, but I'm not even going to tell you what the dream is. He goes, if y'all are for real, if you are legit, talking to the magicians and the prophets and all the people who were uh, uh, saying that they had the ability to do uh, supernatural things. He goes, if you guys are legit, I want you to first tell me the dream. And then I want you to tell me the interpretation of the dream. And the Bible says in verse 17 of Daniel chapter 2, Then Daniel went to his house, and they were going to be killed if they did not come up with this dream. And Daniel went to his house and made the matter known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions. So when they are in this difficult situation, Daniel does not keep it to himself. He goes and he tells his friends. Are you seeing it? And look at what happens here. He tells his friends, verse 18, and told them to seek mercy from God of heaven concerning this mystery so that Daniel and his companions might not be destroyed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Verse 19, then the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision of the night. Then Daniel Bless the God of heaven. There is power in a squad that prays. God reveals revelation. God gives mir does miracles. It doesn't matter what limitations or tests the enemy or the satanic system puts up against you. When the church of God comes together and seeks God together, watch him do miracles. I dare you, when the next situation comes up, that seems impossible or difficult for you to navigate. Do not allow the enemy to push you to isolation. Instead, let him push you to call your friends for intercession. Oh, too many of you, you have been allowing the devil, I just feel it so strong, to push you in the corner. Come on, for some of you, you wrestled to get here tonight. You were at home with the, with the blinds drawn, and you said, man, I do not feel like coming out here today. And 
You got here today for me to call you out of isolation. Come on. I don't know who I'm talking to. It's thousands of y'all in here. But the fact of the matter is that I know that you are here. You felt like quitting. You feel like throwing in the towel and you messed up and showed up here tonight because I believe that God is going to give you a fresh infusion of faith to lean into friends and he'll release understanding. One more. Can I give you one more about the faith of friends? Pete, look, Luke chapter 5 verse 17. We're almost there. I want you to note this. The Bible says Luke chapter 5 verse 17 to 20. On those days... As he was teaching, speaking of Jesus, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with him to heal. And behold, some men were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed. Look, it says, and they were seeking to bring him and lay him before Jesus, but finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd. Oh, I can't preach this. They went up on the roof and let him down with his bed through the tiles into the midst before Jesus. I wish I could unpack this. This man is paralyzed and his friends them, instead of showing up and seeing the hindrance, saying, now nah, this must not be the will of the Lord. <laughs> they decide that they are going to scale a wall, bust a hole in the roof, the roof, and so they let him down and they put him down to meet Jesus because they were not going to allow a hindrance to stop them from getting their friend to Jesus look 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 at the text this is the thing that messed me up this is what messed me up look, I want you to note this the text says they let him down with his bed through the tiles in the midst before Jesus now look text says and when he saw their faith. He said, man, your sins are forgiven. And the man was healed. Did it say when he saw the, the, the faith of the paralyzed man? Whose faith did it say? When he saw, somebody say their faith. One more time, say their faith. In the text, we find that God literally uses the faith of friends to cause a miracle to happen in the life of somebody who was paralyzed. I'm here to tell you that corporate prayer and faith of friends, God honors the faith of friends and can cause and use it to do the miraculous in lives. Are y'all still with me? Here we go, verse 9 of Acts chapter 12. It says, and he went out and followed him. Watch. He did not know that what was being done by the angel was real but thought he was seeing a vision. In that moment, Peter could have sat there and said, man, you know what? I don't even know if this is real. This sounds crazy. I mean, an angel showing up. What is this? What's going on? And he hit me. I couldn't even be nice. And he could have sat there instead of doing what was told to him. Bible says in verse 9 that he went out and he followed him. Can I tell you this? The speed of your deliverance, here it is, is often attached to the speed of your obedience. Thicket, thicket. Here it is again. Come again, selector. The speed of your deliverance is often attached to the speed of your obedience. There are a lot of us, you're seeking God for the new thing, and God is saying, I want you to go back and do the old thing. 
And the reason why you're not getting fresh revelation is because every time he tells you something, you celebrate it and you shout about it and you're excited about it, but then you don't do it. Here, the revelation comes. The speed of your deliverance is often attached to the speed of your obedience. Here it is. Uh, verse 10, it says, When they passed the first and the second guard, they came to the iron gate leading into the city. Watch. They broke it down. Is that what the text says? Uh, they kicked it down. Is that what it said? Okay. Let's go back and see. It opened for them of its own accord. Uh, because of the intercession of the church, not only does God release the miraculous, but he causes this door to open by itself. Can I tell you, watch, that you don't have to break into doors that obedience opens? There's some of you uh, that you feel you've been spending and exerting all of your energy trying to open stuff, open relationships, come on, that God has told you are not for you. And you're wondering why you can't get through. I mean, you're sweating more than I am up here. Come on, somebody. You are drenched. You are wasting efforts and attempts and all of this. And God is saying, listen, the stuff I've called for you, uh, those doors will open of their own accord. Come on. You don't have to force a seat at tables that God has called you to. He prepares a table before for me. Oh, any Bible readers? In the presence. I just want to preach to somebody tonight who says, I am no longer trying to brown nose and get folk to like me. Come on. And make some, listen, I am going to continue to be myself according to who God has made me to be. As long as I follow and walk according to his plan, you can be assured that the tables he has called me to, that I will get to those tables. Listen, I want you to understand. If all of you can't, if I, this is my motto, if all of me can't come, I'm not coming. Listen, you don't have to break into doors that obedience opens. I'm done. I just want you to note this. Verse 11. When Peter, I hope this is helping somebody. When Peter came to himself, he said, now I am sure. He was guessing before. He was trying to figure out whether it was the case. He said, now I am sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. When he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose other name was Mark, where they were gathered together and were praying. Somebody say praying. Verse 13, and when he knocked at the door of the gateway. Oh, this stuff gets real good to me, y'all. A servant girl named Rhoda came to answer. Recognizing Peter's voice in her joy, she did not open the gate, but ran in and reported that Peter was standing at the gate. They said to her, you are out of your mind. Kept insisting that it was so, and they kept saying it is an angel. Verse 16. But Peter continued not. Peter 
continued knocking. And when they opened, they saw him and were amazed. Uh, can I give you the last point? Don't just pray for the supernatural. Expect its arrival. They were at home praying for Peter while he was bound. But then they were shocked and surprised when it actually happened. And he was... knocking at the door while they were inside celebrating about the prospect of the miracle instead of welcoming its arrival. Oh, can I tell you today that there are many of us that shout and we sing. Come on, somebody. And we dance, you're the God of miracles. And we sing and we do all of this. Uh, but we, are we really postured and positioned and ready and expectant for the miracles to happen. I'm believing that God is moving us into a season where we are not watch, uh, not where we get to the place where we use, lose awe for the miraculous, but we get to the place where we have awe, but we're walking with expectation. Oh, I wonder if there's anybody else other than me. I am expecting uh, for drug addicts to come out of crack houses. Come on, somebody. I am expecting that God is going to turn prostitutes into preachers. Anybody have faith with me? Oh, let me come out here. I wonder if there's anybody here today that says you're expecting that God is going to regulate minds. Come on. I'm believing that God, anybody, believe that he's greater than cancer today. I'm expecting and believing that he is going to release the miraculous over diabetes, over high blood pressure, that God is able to turn things around. I'm not just singing about it, but we got to move into a season where we are expecting it. We don't lose our awe, but we also don't get to the place where we sing about it, but we don't welcome it in when it happens. And so today, you can help me. Tonight, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you that he's the God of miracles. I'm a witness and I showed you my dad to stop the mouth of the devil. To let you know that even when Herod is about to bring you out to destroy your life, when Satan has plans for you, laid in the God's going to turn He's going to work it up. My God. He can turn it around. We simply leave it the midnight hour. God's going to. It's going to work. He's going to work in your favor. He's able to take that thing and turn it around in, in your favor. Come on. Lay it in. Raise those voices. Come on. God's going to turn. It's going to work. It's going to work in your Come on, can you stand to your feet with me in this moment? We say late in the midnight. God's going to turn it around. It's going to work. It's going to work. Do you believe that tonight? Are you expecting? I believe he's here in the house. Come on. Late in, late in the midnight. God's going to turn it. It's going to work. It's going to work. Yes, it will. Late in the midnight hour, late in the God's gonna turn it around. It's gonna work. 
I just want to stir your faith and then we're going to pray in this moment. Late in the midnight, I believe the miraculous is present in the house. God's going to, it's going to work. It's Yeah. Say late in the midnight, God's going to turn it around. Come on, it's going to work in my favor. Yeah. Come on, say it's gonna work. Come on, we say it's gonna work in my favor. Come on, declare it over yourself. It's gonna work. It's gonna work in my favor. It's gonna work in my favor. Say it's gonna. I believe it tonight. It's gonna. It's gonna. It's gonna. Hallelujah. Listen. I want us to do something special in this moment and I want to pray. If you in this moment believe, I'm believing that God can release miracles because of the faith of friends. And tonight, because we're not just singing about it, because some of y'all, you just come and you're like, yo, this is cute. And I like having my little worship Tuesdays. And I love coming together to worship. But I believe that God has called us together to worship because he inhabits the praises of his people. And he can release miracles and move in our midst. Anybody believe that God can do miracles tonight? So this is what I want you to do in this moment. I just want you to do this in this moment, if you will. I want you to think of something that you are in need of that you want God to do in your life, a prison cell that you're in, or a loved one, maybe a family member that's bound by addiction tonight, or someone that needs healing. It might be your dad or your mom or your auntie or something like this. And I want us to do this. When you get that in your mind, can you do me a favor for the next uh, 10 seconds? Don't go deep. Uh, don't go talking and telling your whole story or anything like this. But I want you to just go look at the person uh, on the left of you and just tell them, what is it that you need God to do? Come on, tell them real quick. Tell them, tell them, tell them. What are you believing God for? You can just say healing or healing of a loved one. Or What do you need God to do? Come on. I believe he's going to release miracles tonight. Look at the person on the next side and tell them, tell them, tell them, tell them. Glory to our God. All right, this is what we're going to do. Because I believe that God moves based on the faith of friends. And I believe that the miracle working power of God is in this house tonight. And I believe that testimonies are knocking at our door right now. Come on, somebody. And that while you're trying to figure it out, that God's already worked it out. And so what? This is what I need you to do. Here it is. Grab the hands of the person if you're comfortable. Uh, you can even do elbows if you're not comfortable holding hands. But I want you to hold hands and I want you to hold those hands. Press up against them or squeeze them. Don't break their knuckles now. Come on. But you heard what it is that your neighbor is in need of on your right and on your left. And I want for the next 30 seconds, I want us to open our mouths and our voices and I want us to cry out to God for the needs of our neighbors. Anybody ready to go before the Lord in prayer? Even if you don't know how to pray, you don't know fancy words or anything like this, just say, God, do it. Whatever it is, I want you just most importantly to engage your heart and your faith, knowing that God is able to turn it around. Here we go. On the, on, on the count of three, for the next 30 seconds, pray however you know how. Don't be weird. Don't lay hands. Don't push nobody. Hold hands. We got to set the tone, right? Amen. 
but extend your faith and believe. Here we go. And I believe that God is going to do the miraculous. Here we go. On the count of three. One, two, three. Come on, pray, pray, pray. Come on, pray for that neighbor. Yes, God, pray. God's going to turn it around. God's going to turn it around. God's going to turn it around. It's going to work in your favor. Come on, pray. I see you. Come on, pray. Stir it up in the house. Come on, the spirit of prayer. I hear you, church. Come on. Pray for your neighbor. Come on. Come on, pray for your neighbor. We believe God. Come on, pray. Come on, pray. Come on, pray. God's going to turn it around. Come on, pray. God's going to turn it around. God's going to turn it around. And when you're done praying, release those hands and clap those hands with thanksgiving. Come on, clap those hands like what you were praying for, that God did it. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ask or think. Hallelujah. Come on, can we just sing that one more time? Late in the midnight hour, come on. We say late in the mid, come on, late. God's gonna turn it around. It's gonna work. Come on, declare it. Say late it, come on, say it. Say late it. God's gonna turn it around. It's gonna work in my favor. Hallelujah. One more time, come on. Everybody say, late. God's gonna turn it. It's gonna work. Come on, church. Sing this in your car on the way home. Come on. Say, late in. God's gonna turn it around. Come on, stay there. God's gonna turn it around. God's gonna turn it up. Now somebody release a shout in this place. Come on, one more time, clap those hands. Come on, and around, 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 and around. Come on, and around, and around, and around, and around, and around. Can the voices just sing it? Break the music. Break the music. Come on, late in the mid. Come on, church. Come on. Just the church. Come on. Come on. It's gonna work. Yes, it is. Oh, late in the midnight hour. God's gonna turn. And around. And around. And around. And around. And around, you ought to turn around in your seat. And uh, somebody turn around if you know he's, come on. And around. And around. And around. And around. I'm done. 
I'm going to tell you this and I'm done. It looked like it was over when Jesus was on that cross. It looked like it was over and the devil had won when he was in that borrowed tomb. But I'm so glad tonight that Jesus is the template to let us know that even when it looks like it's over, that on the third day, that God can turn it around and around and around. Come on, hand up. Hey, I don't know if you know, but Pastor Andrew just said something that on the third day, God turned it around. Anybody know what day of the week it is? You know what day of the week Tuesday is? Guess what? It's the third day. So if there was ever a time it was going to happen, it should be now. Amen? The enemy has been working it against you, but the word of the Lord for you tonight is that it's going to turn around and work in your favor. Revival is on the way in your family, in your home, in your house, but we got to pray. Anyone want to pray in here tonight? And we got a little more worship. We're not going to keep you much longer. We got two songs left. We got a little more worship, but we're going to sing Lord sent revival because we need revival. So we're going to worship the Lord right now with all our hearts. And we're going to believe that revival can be seen here tonight in our midst if the church will pray. Let's pray. Let's worship. <laughs> 